Hello and welcome back to Decondition This, a podcast where we explore the practical tools of living the life of less resistance and challenge the cultural status quo through a lens of human design. My name is Mariana and I'm your host. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Decondition This. I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving and um, got some chill and peaceful and restorative time with the family, your close ones, some good food, some good conversation. It's definitely been a time. Uh, I'm not gonna give it an adjective, but it has been a time but I was super lucky a few weeks ago to record this conversation that you're about to hear with a dear friend of mine, Natalia Makulova of Balanced Fashion and Balanced Humanity. And we initially got together to talk about uh, things like how the environment that we're in uh, with the pandemic and everything um, has kind of brought about a different framework to think about how we do business and how we work together. And then of course we got so deep and got so, I mean, we covered so much ground that I am struggling right now to write the description uh, of the show notes for the podcast. So hop on, join the ride, enjoy yourself. And as always, um, now that we're, Cross the barrier of 10 episodes. I would absolutely love and appreciate you dropping me a note at decondition.this at gmail.com to tell me what you would like to hear on the podcast, what other topics and questions about human design or culture or anything else you have or would like to discuss, whether you just want to hear and to listen or you want to join in on the conversation. It matters a ton to me that you're sticking around and you're listening. And this podcast has been such a restorative and just fantastic outlet for me uh, personally. So I hope that you are getting something out of it as well. And I would absolutely love to hear what and what, how else um, I can serve you and how else we can help this evolve into something meaningful. So yeah, I'm at decondition.this at gmail.com. Drop me a note and let's get on with the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Decondition This. Today, I have a real treat for you. <clears throat> I am talking to Natalia Makulova, who is a longtime friend of mine, and she is a founder of Balanced Fashion and Balanced Humanity, a futurist and a creative tech visionary. And I swear to you guys, she's from a different dimension. So um, yeah, I couldn't think of a better person to talk uh, about today's topic, which is, I can only sum, up, sum it up in sort of uh, what the heck is going on with startups and uh how can we do that better so welcome natalia uh, so excited to have you and please uh give us a little more expanded introduction of who you are and what you do hello everyone hello mariana thank you so much for tuning in to this frequency so happy to be here so grateful that you've invited me in and it feels so good to be in your presence 
as we've been envisioning the podcast for a while now and yes. it just is actually happening <laughs> really really yeah. cool here um well my whole background is uh, tied with the fashion industry and that's where we you and i have also have this share this deep understanding of um, the combination of fashion and technology and um, the path of the fashion world uh, led me out of fashion into the tech space uh, because I felt that the tech space was more um, healthy for me to be in and, and exciting for me to be in and uh, it felt more fast uh, changing and fast uh, mm -hmm. kind of innovative uh, so I was thinking how I could apply that technological perspective on the fashion industry and kind of reverse engineer on how to create a much more uh, cleaner, slower, uh, conscious fashion industry. So my kind of perspective in the balanced fashion work is how we can use the most incredible technology that exists out here and to uh, direct it into the positive cause for the fashion world. Uh, and that's been my focus in the past four years and um, the past one year and actually the past seven months, uh, you know, since the whole new dimension that we're on in, uh, I've been focusing on creating a marketing campaign for Balanced Humanity. Mm -hmm. And uh, Balanced Humanity is um, an agency that unifies uh, some of the most powerful voices in uh, the world uh, that are creating a systems change across all systems you can imagine. And that includes fashion world as well. Mm -hmm. And for the past seven months, I've been going live almost every day on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So it's been um, a huge transformative experiences uh, of of speaking out my truth yeah. and uh, doing a lot of shadow work at the same time as well because as I speak out my truth I realize how there are certain blockages in my own system and there are certain limiting beliefs that I'm always looking to expand so that's been that's that's in a nutshell what I'm in right now yeah. and I'm excited about the topic deeply because <laughs> this topic the, the topic that we're we're about to talk about is is one of those that um I'm still cracking, you know, I'm still mm -hmm. figuring out. Uh, and it's uh, to, to me to, uh, to kind of like get to the source of things, get to the truth. To me, it's important to speak it out. And I think that we yep. share that. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. And uh, a side note here is that Natalia is um, also a manifester. And um, I have actually, I have your chart right here. So, um, bum, bum, bum. yeah, but you are an ego manifester. So you, um, you really are driven by that, uh, that truth that your own motivation, your own, uh, and it is very, very healthy for you to, to talk it out. But like I mentioned before, uh, to me also, um, this podcast was kind of like the, the sounding board for, to just yeah. get shit out of my head and like find what, what really is, um, yeah, like you said, like find the truth. And I think that it's, it, it's really cool to, to watch you kind of, you know, clearly you do work in business and you do work with real companies that, you know, make money and all that stuff. But at the same time in your kind of presence and your online persona, you, you're kind of so uncompromisingly this multidimensional being and whether or not people understand and i know that you um you did mention also you know vulnerably that sometimes you do struggle with kind of 
how people perceive that expression, but what yeah. matters what matters is that that kind of truth and getting you know getting in alignment with what do we as humanity want because obviously how we do business is it has to be an expression of that otherwise there's this huge disconnect between kind of the work that's happening in the world and then us as humans where we're moving in the world yeah and i'm I'm really curious to hear so i'm imagining that you know a brand would come to you um maybe fashion brand would come to balance fashion and kind of with some ask right like what first of all what what do they ask from you specifically with you having this you know a pretty different perspective on just you know consulting than yeah. anyone you know any standard like consultants in in and how do you um how do you help them how do you introduce them to this new narrative of mm-hmm. kind of doing business differently yeah such a good question wow um well, first of all, uh, I meet with clients on the frequency level, right? Where um, it means that we are magnetized to each other as opposed to I reach out, which in most cases I do reach out, you know, manifestor, but, mm-hmm. but still we're magnetized. They recognize me, they see truth in me, and that's the only kind of like uh, energy block that I've set. Like if they don't get me, they would not work with me. And I think that's the most important Thing in my work is like I'm attracting people based on my truth and based on my vision versus um, uh, an idea of what the industry needs from consultants mm-hmm. and then I start working with usually it, it would be for so far it's been smaller companies so I would work with the founding teams mm-hmm. and the founding teams meaning like there are up to like five people so I would connect with every single person on the team as well and we would have this basically me being integrated in their team for some mm-hmm. time and from that place we would look into their astrology we would look at their human design we would look at all the different ways to recognize their um, greatest potential Mm-hmm. and work from that perspective and then recognize of course like first it's it's more uh, one-on-one and in a group setting and then we kind of like invite in the entity of the company and the startup or the brand and that's when we kind of understand and weave in on where is that vision of the brand where is that entity of the brand can be um manifested uh, uh, in the activities of each person on the team Mm -hmm. Uh, because what I'm realizing with um, observing a lot of startups and teams is that some people are doing things that they don't want to do in the startups that they want to stay. So they, there is a lot of restructuring also also happening, especially in the past seven months uh, on like, what do I actually want to do versus what I've been doing my whole whatever time in that company Mm -hmm. and kind of restructuring their activities. So help with that as well. Um, So it's, it's a little bit of a coaching, Mm -hmm. Uh, and a little bit of um, intention setting and a little bit of magic creation rituals and creation creation of schedules that are uh, with a calendar of the stars so we would see um, the movements of the moon and the new moon full moon we will plan around that and I think these are the topics that I'd like to also discuss with you on what would what it would be looking like to work in a company and you know work with the universe um, as well as everyone. Yeah, that that's that's so cool. I, I actually didn't know that you that that is kind of how 
you consult like the, the specific kind of angle because I was just thinking, you know, I work at a, uh, at a, you know, pretty traditional, a super awesome, but a traditional kind of more or less corporate environment with, you know, where we do um, sometimes take some psychological tests and we'll discuss them. And I think that's, right. that's a huge progress in terms of just um, having space to discuss our, you know, what is like, mm -hmm. I work better this way, what, but I, or maybe I work better this way. This is what I like to do. This is what I don't like to do. We've had those discussions at work with my team yeah. and I found those incredibly valuable, but at the same time, you know, kind of being so deeply into, um, human design and, um, I, I did start, I kind of found the, 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 the angle recently, just like a couple of weeks ago where it intersects when with astrology in a sense that makes sense to me because honestly astrology by itself never really made much sense to me i never connected right. with it as deeply as i connected with human design yeah, but i was yeah. i started thinking a lot about what would it look like because now i feel like right now there's still quite a bit of a disconnect between um like the world of you know human design and metaphysics quote unquote and whatever and then the corporate world or like the world yes. of business it feels like okay like you might be into it but you'll never bring that part of yourself into um the classic work environment and i right. feel like i think that's that's really important and i do hope that that starts get added into the corporate narrative or at least there'll be like more openness to it like thinking like okay no one would be like ashamed of taking a myers-briggs personality test uh, to kind of adjust the work, uh, you know, align the work styles. Yeah. But would you take a human, you know, get your human design chart and do the same with the team where it's, yeah. I just see it day to day to day with, you know, my partner and my son and everyone that all that just plays. But anyway, so that's, that's fascinating. And uh, yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. So I want to, um, I still wanted to like, obviously we can talk for, for hours, but I did want to kind of, guide us a little bit more towards the the topic and and i'm just gonna blabber for a little bit because so i've been thinking about this for so long but mm -hmm. basically what i've seen happen with the whole pandemic situation uh was that from my perspective there was kind of like this unraveling of the startup culture mm -hmm. and before uh before this whole thing happened um like in the past year with how my life changed I was part of that startup culture. I was a co-founder of a, of a fashion tech startup and um, I kind of, it never resonated with me. I always felt like really disconnected from that. But what I observed was that this whole like um, just proliferation of like vanity metrics and we're going to say, we're going to put all these big numbers on the deck. Uh, we're going to say the right things. Like literally they're like coaching to say the right things to yeah. raise money from investors, whether or not that's true, whether or not that does anyone any good. Um, and another like pain point for me is the fact that there were so many startups that literally like solved for the first world problems or even not even problems, just like yeah. nice Made to have. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I think that was partly, um, you know, there's like this whole idea of like, okay, I'm going to create something, someone's going to pay me for it, and then I'm just going to cash out and like be yeah. rich. And um, who can pay for it? Well, obviously people with like high paying jobs can pay for things that they don't need, but is that really the problems? Like, is, do we live in a world where those are the problems we should be solving? 
And I think that with the whole pandemic situation, there was some sort of like an unraveling where everything that was basically non-essential just kind of started mm -hmm. falling off. And mm -hmm. we realized, considering, you know, that's a certain specific situation that, you know, all these, uh, you know, remote communication tools were thriving. Um, but like the emergence of the expansion of telehealth, right? Like that increased accessibility of healthcare. And of course, there's still a ton of shit in healthcare that the United States needs, right. needs to work through. But I think that's still kind of like increased that access um, maybe made them potentially more scalable and affordable, uh, online education, some sort of like, um, um, I feel like there's like a, a shift in the way kind of food, uh, supply chain operates and things like oh, that yeah. so kind of like really got a chance to, to, to understand like what really matters right. and among those things were, um, you know, uh, it was like, travel but like more local or ways additional ways to connect and of course right now the tech world is trying to solve those problems through the lens of tech and i deeply believe that that's not i mean tech can enable it but yeah. we shouldn't look for tech to tech for solutions for everything but anyway so that's kind of like yeah, that's a big one <laughs> that's like a, a, a lot of thoughts um and i'm wondering um kind of how do you feel about the so do you feel like there's been like any type of shift in terms of how companies maybe think about themselves or <laughs> how did did you notice any values change and if you did yeah. or did not but like do you think they need to change and how do you yeah. do that I well a lot has changed in our own psyche I think we'll remember the stem is one of the greatest um uh, jokes of the universe in a way, uh, over overblown experiences of fear and separation that the humanity have ever experienced so far. I don't think we're ever going to experience anything like that, mm. which is cool. But at the same time, it's really hard to tell yet regarding the deep effect on the, the human psyche uh, of this time and uh, as a result, effect on the businesses. Uh, because every, all the time I'm saying um, that, you know, you know, no matter what, the businesses are people and the people who work there and uh, everyone has been affected and everyone has been going through a deep transformational journey of their own uh, while still keeping up with um, the standard work kind mm -hmm. of like ethics. And um, I think one of the biggest things is, of, co of course, the, the obvious changes is the remote working and um that makes it uh very difficult to see the barriers or the um yeah the, the difference between your personal life and your uh professional life mm -hmm. uh, and i think it's a great trend actually for us to train ourselves to see that our professional life is uh actually interwoven with uh our personal life and it doesn't need to be like a separate entity we don't need to treat our co-workers differently from our family and i know it's a huge thing to say i think it's beautiful to see our co-workers as part of our extended family and be able to you know actually tune yeah. into them on what's happening in their world right now you know how they're doing and what i've heard from the organizations that i've been kind of like in touch with that are bigger you know that not like startups that 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 you know people have to have really developed friendships because those are the people they would see every day versus people like me entrepreneurs there are some days that i wouldn't see people at all 
you right. know and I was like you know that's how it is because I don't have really like I didn't have the team so I was really all solo entrepreneur and that's that's very different different mm-hmm. different and, and might be also difficult because I'm so social and I've been working out of the co-working space uh before this time so I was always like with the people yeah um so I think since since the changes are so different so so vastly different between each individual uh that I think it's it really affects we're going to see some more effects on how businesses are going to be um, kind of like reevaluating and restructuring their own way of operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the biggest trends that I'm seeing right now is this, again, trust in uh, the, the, the slowing down, you know, trust that we got to slow down across all the industries because that's what we've experienced the past seven months is that, mm-hmm. that everyone's going to like have more time and, you know, more time to like go within and ask yourself what I actually want and, um, and not need to rush with, um, everything, you know? Right. And I think the, what I'm currently thinking about when I'm hiring actually people to work with me is like how I'm going to pay them per month yet I wouldn't ask them as much as I would ask before, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To, 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 to perform. And, um, and how would I inspire them to follow the highest excitement and divine timing and, uh, do the work when they actually want to do the work, whether it's 3am in the morning or, you know, 12pm during the day. But, but, but really flow with their own um, inner clock in a way, inner way of, of work uh, slash rest uh, play. Um, and I think for us as manifestors, it's uh, actually extra uh, intense because we, uh, you know, we tend to work a little very hard, like a day or two days and then really like, rest for a week. Um, that's what we wish we could do. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah that's um, exactly. So yeah. now again, how do we design our work around that? Design our work around the way that we are naturally wired to mm-hmm. to operate, and that's come back to individual assessment, and and then teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, I think you you bring up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you bring up so many um, really valuable points um because i definitely think um and i do uh, i do speak to different places like on the topics of um, mindfulness at work and like more mindful leadership and definitely comes up that um we just don't have an option but being our truer self we don't we cannot wear those masks anymore as successfully which is ironic because we actually are you know wearing masks but um but at the same time we are letting basically people into our homes you know all the time zoom and so on so we kind of do um like you said there's definitely more intertwining between um who we are at work and who we are at home and it's uh, and also, you know, many people, which I sorely feel for them, but many people have to also, you know, juggle uh, forcing three, you know, uh, tweens to do, uh, you know, their homework or whatever, or sit through mm-hmm. their classes and, uh, yeah. and kind of like the, we just all kind of juggle so much. And, um, and then, of course, there are instances which, you know, in, in kind of like the, the startup situation was... Um, so many places just kind of crumbled and they you yeah. know fired people or you know laid them off furloughed them whatever 
Um, so then, you know, you have to, to deal with all of that. And it's, I think that definitely it is a, it is a place for, um, like, I think there is room right now to kind of discovering who we are more and also discovering that need. Cause like you said, um, it is probably not like, it's harder to say that your, uh, coworkers, on some levels are as close as family to you but if we don't if we take off this preconceived notion of what close means on the energetic level we all exchange like and when whether or not it's a co-worker people who are you you're in physical proximity with you exchange with the most but during conversations like this um you exchange energy and there's that aspect of conditioning right with wherever you open and human according to human design where you open you take in other people's energy and that Mm -hmm. if you don't have that awareness and mastery and understanding of um you know being able to kind of let it wash over you Mm -hmm. learn from it and let it go then you get conditioned and stressed out but being separated i think that um you know for example taking that you know, all the non-energy types like manifestors, projectors, reflectors, they do need much, much more rest than yeah than generators, right? And if yeah. you are day-to-day sitting next to a generator at work, yes, you feel a lot of that coming your way. Yes. Right? Again, you might not you feel like, oh, I'm, what, what's wrong with me? Like, why Well, you I might not, not even, yeah, you might not even <laughs> feel like that something's wrong. Like, you just might right. feel like that's just who you are. Because again, like, yeah. I, you got to account for the fact that if you don't have the awareness, then you think that that's you. It's like my case before I learned who I really am. I Thanks. thought that I, you know, was like this worker slave, and I'm like, why am I? Why do I want to go kill? And you know, like, why am I getting so angry and mad and just want to go hide in a box? Yeah. So how? Uh, how do we measure that? Like, how can companies? You know, obviously all businesses need to have like some incentive to mm-hmm. certain metrics. And right now the metrics that most tech companies um, pursue are not targeted towards anyone's like well-being or anything yeah. like that. So they, you know, it's like eyeball hours or yeah. whatever, you know, like, yes, we figured that connection is important to us, but now all connection just so happens to be facilitated by technology and is conducted through the lens of those tech companies like what do they value how long our zoom conversation is but like how do we you know is it always good that it's long where sometimes maybe it would be better to take you know time off and and that so um you know is it better better is it any better than i'm on zoom all day uh versus like not being on zoom right so how can like when you work when you work with companies um, and just from, you know, maybe I'd be curious to, to also hear like what you hear if you do suggest something like that, but like how, how do we shift this narrative away from the metrics that are, you know, all those standard like business metrics that are targeted at like growth and revenue, what else can we measure and like how, or maybe, you know, you don't have to have a specific answer, but how else can we look at it? Um, I have something for you. Yes. I have something. Okay. So it's, okay. Return on energy investment, REI. Okay. 
So how much energy do you put into something and how much you get back? And um, first, individually, you would, uh, you would literally see what you've done last week and what brought to you, you know, what that, that kind of like flourished. I love it. And, and then also from the corporate perspective, like think of it as like how many hours actually people have, were tuning in and how many meetings were there and how much energy that has been like basically like being generated mm-hmm. and what has shifted and, you know, and, and experiment with more, more time on Zoom or less time on Zoom, more time meditating together on Zoom, less time meditating, I'm not joking, meditating together on right. Zoom and in work environment, things like that. And also it's looking at the, again, moon cycles. It's very, very important mm-hmm. to uh, remember that if our bodies are about 75% water and the, the oceans are affected by the moon, that means that it really affects our bodies and our emotional state. And when I'm in the not centered emotional state, it's very hard for me to do any productive work at all, or even have a good conversation with someone without needing to, you know, like kind of like emotionally like just express all the time. And in business, uh, in business, emo- emotions are not allowed. You know what I mean? Like in in the traditional well, right. emotions yeah, yeah. are like no, cut it off. You know, like go away. And I have so many experiences mm-hmm. where I was cut off from groups and work environments because I was expressive emotionally. Wow, I I absolutely love it. I was kind of been like low key thinking about this while you were elaborating and. This makes so much sense, the whole return on emotional investment, because sometimes, you know, I'm thinking about energy investment, you, but I like um, um, yeah, yeah. Ener- I energy, like yeah, energy investment. Thanks for correcting. I think we can have both. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but yeah, but in terms of energy, too, it's like, I guess I'm I have emotional authority. So that does it, it probably is kind of a little bit connected in my mind because mm-hmm. i spend a lot of energy when i'm emotionally invested in something but never mind interesting i see um but in any case so i'm i'm just thinking you know like um in the context of business like we talk a lot about productivity right but when you think about like what productivity is um i think that kind of there's like a connection there because it's like how much energy are you putting into something versus the output that you're getting and if you're in a wrong mental state if you're in a you know if whatever cosmically is going on is like messing with you which was totally i i have to ask you what was, what the hell was happening last week because that was not a good <laughs> <laughs> but, but basically and, and you know and the same for like again non-energy types or for energy types if they're doing the wrong thing so uh, you know it's like essential for generators many gens to do the work that that fires them up because that's what stimulates their sacral to produce all that energy that allows them to literally like shape build the world and for and then um non-energy types they need to recharge and they need to um so if you are kind of running on empty you will basically be spending more energy but your output would be nothing because you kind of just like spinning wheels and i totally know that it's like i'm more productive in the mornings which totally makes sense i'm rested I've, i've recharged so I'm productive in the mornings and then the afternoon, mostly I can do something for like four hours and I won't move a needle even like a right. bit. And then next morning I get up and it's like 10 minutes is done. Right. So right. my output per energy put in is, uh, you know, much more that way. 
I think we also, it would be healthy for us to kind of like get away from metrics a little bit, you know, kind of the system of actually uh, tracking things. Um, because I think it's cool that we have all these tools and we are able to, you know, think logically. But one of the things that notes that I made for specifically this call was yes. first non-linear and uh, divine timing. So mm -hmm. by non-linear, I mean, um, you know, my, maybe you needed those four hours to do some research and do some kind of like preparation time so that you can complete that thing within whatever amount of time that is so much shorter than the four hours. But there was amount of information and emotional kind of like connection and whatever needed to happen at that time is exactly how it's supposed to be. And that was kind of like building up to that time that you were, okay, now I'm like that, like I'm flourished. Um, and I think this is a nonlinear approach is more of a, like this feminine, you know, when you really talk about the feminine and the masculine within us is the masculine is the one that thinks and rationalizes things and creates structure and the feminine is more flowy and that like, creates space of uh creation and then opportunities and uh generally like magic <laughs> uh so 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 if we if we start to really uh allow the the feminine within our within the business world allow the the flow and a little bit more of, i'm not saying emotion per se but i'm saying i'm saying uh um trust in divine timing trust in that things are aligning the way that they are and following a highest excitement and curiosity as an overall theme being almost like children playing in the playground that is that corporate environment and i think that kind of perspective like the mother and the child would would bring a lot of um healthy new ways of of the way that businesses will start operating um but it's it, it takes time and practice to to kind of like drop into that space and it, it really is going to be much slower like our again our rhythms wouldn't be so intense we wouldn't have to work five days a week mm -hmm. to uh do what needs to be done um, yeah yeah absolutely uh, that, that's yeah i think you you got that 100 percent right um I think I did have one thought on, on the divine timing, which I absolutely 100% agree and the whole notion of slowing down. And I think, you know, in my mind, that's also tied to this concept of like, you know, right now, everything is centered on like growth, growth, growth. Yeah. And we need to give investors a return on their investments as fast as possible, whether or not that growth benefits anyone. And it needs to be, you know, on this like super rough deadlines, because again, that's, you know, we need to give investors their return investment. And like all that is such bullshit, honestly. It's like, who needs that? Rich people to get richer? I mean, there's nothing wrong with people making money, but it's like, why is there all this pressure on everyone else that completely disregard this whole other aspect of who we are as, as humans? And we are that, we can't just wipe that off. It's like, we have humanity, we have, energy that operates in certain ways and we can disregard that but then you know you get those soaring depression rates you get suicides you get like burnouts you get all sorts of shit that's happening um and for what because we want to extract as much money as possible from a unit yeah. of uh you know business operation like and that that just doesn't make any sense no. one note on like um so you know i think that in some cases Yes, for divine timing, like if you are in flow and if you are researching, you might not necessarily maybe are producing something, but maybe you're reading, you're gaining. Yeah. But I think it does depend on a lot on being in the right space 
um, of mind and like energetically, because I know that sometimes like my experience is that sometimes I would be like, okay, I need to be working now. I need to be doing things, which is like, all my, my chart just does that to me. (laughs) But, um, and I know that I tend to, by default, spend time that I shouldn't have spent staring at the screen. Mm. That I should have spent this time taking a walk outside, meditating, yeah. um, whatever, cooking food, which is like a, a, a way of meditation for me. Totally. And kind of like not consuming anything where I just by default through conditioning, through this like pressure presumption of having to be productive, having to do something, I actually, instead of gaining energy at that moment that would allow me to spur forward later i'm draining energy but like in this like slow steady annoying way uh where i'm where like my mind thinks that it's doing something that's helpful for my next you know yeah but in fact it's not in fact the more helpful thing would be to step away and because you know our mind has a lot of answers and like you said if it's like if we allow for this more natural flow, like I don't have to, not all answers come from this, come from the screen. They, there's more answers that we care that we, you know, need inside of us in a a big job of all of us is to understand, like to understand our patterns and, you know, our gifts and whatever, and to learn to, get that from uh rather than trying to spending time that feels productive or that it's given us something but in fact it just drains us yeah 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 no i think uh, there's has to be a re-evaluation re-evaluation of uh the um, what me what productivity means and uh kind of like rewire our brains that Productivity doesn't mean more time on screen, ta- screen and watch, looking at screen and like receiving or exchanging information. Or doing um, just but, mindless things, just like with, hustling for no reason. Right, right, right. Like, like checking emails that you don't even, you know, like whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. Just like to-do list, yeah. Uh, but, but what I think is really, really like important is to see that we are, again, like we are, uh, our bodies is half of what it is like uh, half of what we are it, we are spiritual beings we're energy mm-hmm. so um, our bodies are not wired to look at technology or look, look at the screens even though yes this is, this is crystal this is this is dust you know it's all organic material it's still materials that are never you know, thought like, of it that way <laughs> i just see the blue light <laughs> and the and the uh distorted uh, behavioral patterns that they give us <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, it's it's like it's weird. Like, why are we looking at that all the time, as opposed to like there's so much more um, information that um, is not available through these screens, but available through our own inner technology, as I like to call it. Yeah, and by inner technology that. is our hearts and our third eye, our bra- our, our our like connection to the brain and the intelligence. And the connection to intelligence of the uh, everyone around us, and 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 that's why I feel that within the four years ahead, we will see a huge change in the way that we operate day to day uh, as human beings, because we will allow ourselves to take time 
to be outside the screens, to be more with our, you know, with nature, with our family and with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And kind of like a restructure the whole lifestyle around uh, a balanced a way of being, um, which will lead us to screens with more excitement, like I feel now, to look at mm-hmm. your screen because I'm mm-hmm. happy, happy to be here and happy yeah. to see you and, and use this time with more love, you know, and more mm-hmm. respect to technology, actually, and respect to all the humans that co-created technology and all these programs um so seeing it more of like this dimension of reality that is a as additional magic to our life and not like Mm -hmm. a work environment you know right Um, yeah that's really cool do you ever encounter any type of like resistance from a more like you know uh business leaders or something or you know founders or whatever that is like what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, absolutely. 100% all the time. And um, it's been one of the biggest pain points. What is myself your... fully, you know, be myself fully within the work environment, full on transparency as much as it's comfortable for me, but still mm-hmm. transparent uh, about my life, personal life. Uh, and also, um, you know, direct communications, as I like to call it. Right. It's like me saying exactly what I think and what I feel like and mm-hmm. not trying to put words together in a way that is going to be beneficial to you in my head um right but How yeah, do you, what is your what is your message to them like to those people who maybe don't understand come back when you're ready <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah um yeah that, well i mean what else you'll see, and, and i always say you'll see you know <laughs> and you know as a manifester as a manifester you can see you know you're 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 all invited like i did my part right i initiated now you have this extended invitation so whenever you feel the call because that invitation applies to you know all generators all projectors they need that they need uh you know either something to respond to or an an actual invitation so once you extend that you technically your job is done and then whoever comes is comes so that makes a lot yeah, of sense. that's exactly and, and that's that's why this this question is may not be applied too much to the audience as much, because we again mariana and i are, are specifically the manifesto type but i think it's still important to have a mark that i feel uh you know if if there's bullshit up to this mark then i'm not gonna you know like what you know what i mean like i have a bullshit mark basically <laughs> like right. i have a mark bullshit for, thermometer for, for unconditional love when i feel the frequency of a person and just want to be there no matter where you know my mind telling me like okay but no i need to like communicate with other people who are like better for my career or whatever but no but yeah. there is a mark that is specifically clears like if if they lie to me if if there is a lie happening if there is like discomfort in my body when i'm with them that means that there's something outside of me that is not me that is projecting and i'd rather sure. not have that in my uh, environment and i'd rather have not their money uh, poured into my system because it's not uh, clean energy as i call it, like to call it for sure and um, you i'll tell you that you do have a fully open spleen which is that into center of intuition which uh, means that you do have um that really ability to take in well to kind of I mean, you take in the fears a lot of other of others, yeah. and you can really see that. But kind of, you have that intuitive awareness that is really expressed in all various ways. So you don't have any kind of like mutations in there that would uh, mm-hmm. kind of angle your interpretation of that in any way. Mm-hmm. But you do have like your intuition is is a it is fluid, but it's super duper sensitive. So yeah. 
yeah yeah well that's what that's why i have to keep myself kind of like protected energetically and not invite again uh any energies that are not uh, that or if i do it then it means that my ego tells me that and in, in in some cases especially in the past seven months i've been around in uh work environments where i felt like i'm really killing myself you know i'm really mm -hmm. like it's it's not easy to be around um that that group of people for example but i still would do it because it felt like it felt like i had no choice but no i really had but i i just need i i felt like it's like self-harming <laughs> well and sometimes you have some lessons to learn you know sometimes you yeah, do need yeah. some experiences but it is important mm -hmm. to um understand when to when to kind of step away and you also yep. do have again through that open spleen is that you do have a tendency you might have a tendency to hold on to things that are not good for you right that's it <laughs> so just you know it's not yours just know that it's not yours and that you have control of it you can experience oh. it you can learn from it but you can also yeah. let it go and you should you should let it go yeah yeah well again i think it's it's kind of a wide topic uh holding on to the old paradigm holding on to the old ways of doing things holding on to the old ideas of how to be productive what to do at work what is appropriate to do at work and communicate with your coworkers. Right. what is not appropriate uh, how to be a human with uh other coworkers and being vulnerable and again directly express yourself um and again i I truly believe that there's a huge trend on um, wellness in any corporation, and there is also a huge turn, um, a huge trend on on pivoting corporations and, and companies into uh, obviously a much more in-service kind of perspective versus before mm -hmm. it was about the money, right? About the income and about the growth. Now it's more like about how we can be in service to everyone, and first of all, those that are currently, you know, all the stakeholders, but the employees uh, right. of course and, and in a broader broader definition of service so yes we still want yeah. to make money but we want to make it in the context that betters the world around us yeah yeah I, yeah i i, I sure hope i so simple why doesn't you know that's like um that's quickly becoming one of my biggest like goals in life is to figure out how the heck to do that how to balance that which is not to say that we all that all businesses need to become nonprofits, but how to prioritize right. that, prioritize right. the well-being, the mm -hmm. conscious impact, and, and you know, growing as a humanity rather than just you know making money and cashing out. But specifically, let's talk in that context. I think that's a very good transition. Let's talk in the context about fashion. So mm -hmm. obviously, you do you know you you have whatever two decades or whatever uh, experience and well, maybe not two, but you know, a lot of experience lot. in, in fashion and you've seen kind of more standard approaches and then the more, you know, startup and more cutting edge technology focused, um, companies. So how do you see, bro? Well, first of all, how, how did this whole transition with, um, you know, the, the, how, how the 2020 looked like? Uh, for business energy from your perspective and how do you see it changing or how do you want to see it change to more align with this what we're talking about be more of in service and more yeah. 
wellness. Fashion thing. is entertainment. Fashion is 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 the thing that keeps us going. It keeps us alive. It keeps us our expression, creative expression, uh, freer, you know, and more exciting. Like I think, I think it's always going to be, you know, the fashion industry is always going to be fashion industry. It's always going to be things produced. Mm-hmm. Yet there is uh, a big, big shift happening right now with the um, the fact that we're. Uh, using digital spaces uh, more maybe than usual mm-hmm. in many cases, especially digital tools. Um, so I always like to say that 180, like, okay, so if you have uh, a pie of the industry, right, a whole pie, yeah. then half of that pie is becoming digital fashion. So think mm-hmm. of it as you have your background right now, virtual, uh, you know, in, in the next right. uh, iteration of this reality, we're going to have my uh, t-shirt with uh, like one mark on here on the right side. It will be responsible for my more creative and more expressive and more spiritual side. And then there's another button, for example, that you can press on the left side. It will be more of my rational and more like business oriented side. And we can like kind of adjust the conversation based on what is needing to like kind of come up. Like so a mood array. Like be able, I'll be able to read what state of mind you are in from. Yeah. The, yeah like, I mean, and technically, yeah, like we can kind of do that even now, right? But we'll spend time like doing our hair and like, how much effort did I put into, you know, getting ready today versus did I not? Yes, yes. The first evaluation is like very um, surface level. In the fashion world, there is, there is a huge problem. As you know, like the, everything is like very surface level and very ego driven. Uh, so mm-hmm. in my work, uh, I, I really try to kind of like re- um, reshape the, the the storytelling of mm-hmm. fashion worlds into more of like exciting expression you know technology boosted um, storytelling education plus entertainment tool so it becomes more of like a like exciting it, it, you know remember like fashion has always been exciting remember all these like magazines the reason why we're in this industry because it's yeah. sexy as fuck you know it's an amazing industry to be in it's until, like, until it's, you stay in it for too long and in, in the exactly. standard version of it and you and know too much you you know all the dirty story of my life yeah (laughs) Yeah, same so i I think i think the toxicity will go will have to go the the exclusivity will have to go fashion industry will be more and more inclusive and it will include people who have not had access to good textiles because what it goes right it's so unfair a lot of people you you know they haven't even touched real uh in a wool or real cotton simply oh, yeah. because they have access to very cheap items that were produced in the worst environment you can imagine well, and especially for suffering it's yeah and especially I, I was kind of blown away i had a conversation with my american friend who like you know in the united states is it's even less accessible for some reason you know with how like high quality you know the standard living standards are people don't know what a good material feels like yes like you go anywhere and it's like all the cheap crap like the target style like jersey you know in i mean i'm i lived the you know 18 years of my life in siberia we had fabric stores that imported like brocades and dolce gabbana silks and whatnot with original wow. prints in season like they're hell expensive by you know the medium standard of living but my mom would and they and they were tailors who could you know she had like magazines with catwalks um again in season and we'd take that fabric and she'd make something but we'd make modifications based on one. so there's like there was this and i know it's not wide like it's not universally spread mm-hmm. 
but I feel like there was, you know, even if you took, even if you took something like, honestly, like top shop, right. From like a decade ago when I still lived in Moscow, the average quality of something as mass market as top shop was much like just, just several levels higher than something mass market that's found here. And so that, that just like to this day, it blows me away, but keep Thanks it's for letting me chime in. <laughs> so, so, so true. I think we have a lot of, maybe that's going to be another podcast where we talk about <laughs> sure. this. We'll just record this series. Yeah, yeah. But, but to, to kind of tie it to the topic of today's, today's show, I think less is more, you know, in fashion. Like we've got to like really try to get that, you know, mm-hmm. that um, the, the, the value, the the volume of stuff that we buy is unhealthy. Uh, we use shopping as um, emotional uh, release, mm-hmm. um, and the consumers will have to. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I think we'll see how economy and everything will guide us to consume much less and yeah. consume more smartly and and collect textiles, right? Like collect textiles that we create whatever we'd like out of it and be much more creative in our um, expression. Because look at the average you know, population right now, everyone looks the same and wears the same things as before. You know, you had your 80s, you had your 90s, but everything was like very like, I don't know, more theatrical. And now it's just, everyone's just like chilling, you know, like they don't need oh. fashion at all too. Uh, but it depends on where, I guess. But I think we're going to yeah, use... It's it's more going to be like more entertainment expression of these avatars, these these bodies in, in, mm-hmm. in environments, and the digital aspect will be a big thing simply because you know you're not going to take away the the screens anyway. You will still have this experience, and people will be buying digital items instead of physical items to uh, kind of have that dopamine of like you know having a new thing, you know, and like putting it out on Instagram and mm-hmm. sharing and social um so it will be a little different angle to it i think than the fashion world so much is changing yeah i'm curious um and i know you did talk about kind of stepping away from metrics but i'm like what if we you know measured in um so obviously you know like clothes are kind of interpretation of how we feel how we interact with the world how we present ourselves to the world how we feel about ourselves and then like you said like how much fun we're having with just this and what if there was a way to like you know some coefficient that's sort of like how does this thing how does this outfit item of clothing make me feel like do i feel yeah. crap do i feel great and that that's a, yeah. a, a that's a component right that's a that's a yeah. combination but then also you know you then divide that by the environmental impact of a thing right. And right. then you also kind of, um, you know, multiply that or whatever. I mean, I'm good at math, but not that good. But like, um, you also kind of incorporate in that the aspect of is it more on the scale of individuality versus fitting in? So how much are you, you know, like I'm looking at uh, teenagers right now and it's all like broad crop tops and sweats and you know messy buns and whatever and it's like well fine if that's a phase but I think this there's like also this kind of like how to balance this dominance of comfort and that's my big question to the American culture in general we'll probably get to that at some point like why the hell does everyone have to be so comfortable um but on the other note it's like versus 
you know, the, 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 and, and I think that applies to the business world too, or to, 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 you know, when you think about it from the, all startups have the same, like startup founders will get together, have the same topics of conversation. How much did you raise? What did you raise from? Like there's this huge aspect of fitting in. You need to talk about the yeah. right things to, to sit around the table with a bunch of other like tech entrepreneurs. Um, and the same with like clothing, you know, you have to like dress the same way to hang out with the cool kids in your freshman, like college, whatever class or high school. Story as all this time. It, it's circles, true. Like, you know, separated kind of like environment. <laughs> That's going to go. I, I really truly believe with the internet, we've, we've seen this like complete, like, uh, you know, everything accessible. You can be whoever you want, even if you you know, you, you can find ways, you know, there's eBay, there are so many ways to kind of like get into that and, mm -hmm. and, and communicate. So it's, it's like, what is possible? And what's the education around that? I think what's really missing right now, like, remember, I don't, we, I think you as well, like we were reading books about fashion history, you know, we were you, reading books about like knowing the, the history of culture and, and, and variety and, and across the world and, and having this education around these, these topics that are important to us because we wanted to like deeper understand ourselves and how to express ourselves now, um, knowing where we're at culturally and socially, but at the same time, knowing the history and knowing you know, I, I the kind of romanticizing it because because this is what it is. It's expression. It's it's mm -hmm. it's 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 not like separate from everything else. It's it's also like ingrained with all the history that comes with it. Um, I think education is a huge topic right now, and 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 and, sure. and kind of education specifically around again the fashion, the environment, the the business, the the inc inclusivity of that education, and ability to spread information in a more efficient way and understand. Like you know how how do I know about the fact that you have a podcast besides not knowing without you know knowing you? Like how can I tune into this? Um, so kind of spreading information, education around specific using AI to to direct us in our highest excitement in the online spaces i think these things are emerging right now and i'm yeah. excited to to dive into that yeah i do I, I i agree with you i think there is um there's a lot of opportunity there and there are also some challenges and just again why we need more awareness there because some you know many algorithms created right now uh while there is all information available but the algorithms are built to lock us more and more into our a bubble of whatever we are yeah yeah whatever they classify us uh, for the convenience of their metrics so you know how much advertising they can show us they lock yeah. us into those bubbles and it actually requires a conscious effort and i think you know in terms of fashion it would start with like reading about you know learning history and, and in terms of anything uh i think that learning history is essential because yes. that exposes you to something that you might be, it might be completely different. It shows you the evolution. It shows you all the stages and all the different interpretations cycles, of this, yes. cycles and of events mm -hmm. that kind of, ha you know, happened that led to where it is now. So you don't look at it just from the comfort of your own bubble. And it's very hard to, um, I do think, you know, I partially thank our education that we got in Russia in yeah. the 90s because while of course there was bias and of course there was that but there was a lot of respect for history and for totally. kind of giving this broad knowledge and i find that mm -hmm. now i just i cannot make myself subscribe to a single 
narrative of whatever it is, a, a single like mass market narrative, because mm -hmm. it's like, you know, there are these two political parties, but it's like, but there's all this other stuff, all these other ways to look at it. That's not just yeah. black or white. Same with, you know, like there's this fashion or this fashion. Well, but you can also do it this way. You can look at it differently. There's this fluidity. You're not like, but I do think that it comes with, I think that the first critical step is that awareness of like, my truth is, is not the only truth. My truth is important, yeah. but is my truth well-informed or is my truth just parroting whatever you know, flows my way through social media or whatever media I consume, right? So how do you define that in terms, and, and same comes, I think, for, you know, the startups defining like what the hell they're doing. It's like, well, of course, yeah, there's like money in finance and there's like money here and there, but if that's, if we're putting all the effort in just things that make us money through people who are already rich, then what kind of world are we gonna end up in right like yeah. are we gonna are we, are we ever gonna make lives of anyone else better or are we just gonna do that yeah no it's it's huge i think the money flow in the within the next months actually will start really adjusting and we'll see a lot of uh money actually starting to go to organizations that have um, a capacity to invest in um, startups that are creating new ways of being, new ways of doing businesses. And um, I think, oh, again, it will, be, I, it will be much more of like a kind of turn, you know, like the more people are waking up to the fact that the earth is the only truth right now, the earth, the fact that we share this plane of existence and we don't want to self-destruct here once kind of that clicks uh, into the more collective system i think mm -hmm. we'll we'll see a lot uh crumbling a lot of uh, you know companies actually like closing down the big ones and the new ones emerge that are as you said more um different you know they're, they're i would say they're decentralized meaning like there is no one big saying like okay, authority oh, here. Yeah. And there's going to be more opportunities and varieties of different kinds of businesses agree on the same mission, mm -hmm. yet doing different things differently simply because of the, 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 the taste of people who are a part of these groups and companies. But there will be still leaders. I see still new leaders come in and uh, start really like tapping across different industries on the solutions-based approaches and exchanging information between the industries as well. Um, I think these kind of things will start to happen faster as again, more people are on board with slowing down and generally mm -hmm. advice actually and tuning into what they're actually interested in doing day to day uh, versus what the corporate uh, money-driven environment had taught, taught them. Again, like think of it that you know, you would be paid for showing up. You would be paid for specifically creating the space for us to communicate and, you know, uh, investing your time and energy into this experience. You would be paid for, for, for following your highest excitement and actually using your past experience to be directed in the most synchronistic and more exciting ways. That's, that, 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 these are the leaders that I see will be raising and not those that knew how to make money in the old paradigm. Um, yeah. I like that. I like that future. Let's check in and, um, well, we'll check in early, but let's check in in five years and see if we're, yeah, if we're yeah, any closer, we if we're any closer to that. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm really seeing this, 
this kind of a flip of the system in a way. And um, yeah, call me too positive, but I, I, why not? You know, why not see how that, that, that why not leave the story and see if it's true? Yeah. Well, you know what, if, if there's anything we need more of in the world is positivity and optimism. Yeah. So, uh, I think this is, this is a perfect, uh, note to leave Mm. everyone on. Mm. Natalia, thank you so much. I I know we could talk forever and, uh, let's check in on that idea of a fashion podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're um, you're a journalist. I respect you deeply. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, Journalist. That feels like, uh, that feels like a long time ago, but yeah. But you're, that's, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're so educated and it's amazing to speak with you and hear you as well and thank you for inviting me and thank you for providing this space thanks for showing up and um yeah let's let's cheer to people like you and i who are really and people who are listening who are following their highest excitement and go deeper within to find better ways of being and doing businesses in a more organic ways i can 100 percent subscribe to that Woo! That was something, wasn't it? Thanks so much for listening. Next week, and I promise you, it will be next week, I will put up the new episode, the new shorter episode, where I will talk about uh, some specific centers. Specifically, it will be an episode with Michelle Cook on the inspiration and her absolute mastery of living with an open head center so please tune in if you have the open head or know someone who does because I did not expect to hear what we what she shared in that episode and that was so amazing to hear how she being a reflector absolutely nailed it so tune in subscribe please share with someone who might benefit from it And I am grateful for all your support and we'll talk soon. Peace.